0: This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Make Dangerous Soy, the podcast all about surviving and thriving on a plant-based zero-waste lifestyle. I'm your host, Rochelle. And if you're new around here, just click that subscribe button or that follow button. If you're on Apple Podcasts or iTunes today, please go ahead and leave us a little rating or a review. It really helps to push your podcast up there so that more people see it and hopefully spread that non-judgmental vegan message. If you are new around here, hello, welcome to the podcast. So psyched to have you listening today. If you're a regular listener, welcome back soybeans. So glad to have you guys coming back every single week. If you are new around here, you won't know this, but we release episodes every single Saturday, usually by about 6 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And we also do shout outs on this show. So that's something where you, the listener, can get in touch with us and you can let us know any questions that you might have, any topics that you'd like covered, and we'll do a shout out for you on the next show. You can hit us up on Instagram. We are May Trace of Soy or on Facebook. You can also go and follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. We share lots of great stuff on there. And we even have a Facebook group now and that one's called plant-based and zero waste Australia. So definitely go join up with that one and we'll drop all of the updates, details, and uh, info all in the show notes for you there as well. Anything we reference in this week's episode will be linked in the show notes and you will be able to find our links to our social media down there as always too. So what are we going to be talking about this week guys? This week I have an interesting one for you. I want to talk about the sober curious movement. So it's the start of November and we're heading into party season and in the coming months there are going to be lots of breakup parties, there's going to be lots of Christmas parties, lots of end of year parties and then New Year's. So we're heading into that party heavy season. It's also summer here in Australia, which means lots of beers by the beach lots of barbecues lots of social events and lots of social drinking so I thought this was a good topic to cover and get into and that means that there will be plenty of overindulging in the coming months and definitely plenty of nights spent having a little bit too much wine maybe a couple too many beers and I think now's a really good time before new year's to you know because in the new year obviously everyone will be reflecting on this but before we get to the the new year why not start reflecting now before that party season happens and have a think about your relationship with alcohol before we get into our personal relationship with alcohol or what the sober curious movement is about i wanted to discuss with you guys australia's relationship with alcohol roughly how much we drink per person here in australia every year and also what a hangover actually is like in scientific terms what happens to our body when we're hungover? what are the effects of alcohol What are the dangers? And then, yeah, we'll be discussing that kind of sober, curious movement after that. So Australia's relationship with alcohol is very much tied up in our history. It might surprise you to learn that Australia was intended to be a dry colony when it was first, um, you know, suggested and they came out here, but that very quickly got, yeah, that got thrown to the wayside. They decided against it. They actually were paying the convicts in rum at one point there, which is why we became known as a rum state. It's uh, really, really bizarre. Our relationship with alcohol has been a very long, ongoing kind of issue here in Australia. We drink a lot, and we drink way too often. We have so much pub culture and drinking culture here, things like um, Wheel of Goon, Wheel of Fortune. That's why people tie a goon sack to a clothesline and spin it it's so strange that we do this kind of stuff but yeah we have a very very heavy drinking culture we drink at barbecues we drink at family events we drink at kids birthdays we drink at pub lunches you know work parties I mean there are so many occasions in which Australians drink and I think that we should probably look at how much we drink, how often we drink, and we should probably stop to examine why we drink. i am Is it really very good for us to be doing this? Do we really need to do this to enjoy ourselves? Or do we need to start questioning our relationship with alcohol? Because I've, I've sort of come to a place where I think that's what I'm going to be doing from here on out is, you know, really examining what my relationship to alcohol is. So here in Australia, approximately 41% of the population drink alcohol at least once per week, and that includes 6% of the population who drink daily, keeping in mind that 23% of the population don't drink at all. The average Aussie adult drinks 10 litres of pure alcohol each year, and even low-risk drinking, that's up to 10 drinks per week, no more than two per night, has been linked to an increase in a range of cancers, including mouth, larynx bowel, breast, and liver cancer. Another thing I wanted to talk about was what is a hangover exactly? Scientists still don't fully understand what hangovers are, but the scientific term is viselgia, And there are some factors that directly affect the hangover. Dehydration. Because alcohol is a diuretic and increases urine output, depleting bodily fluids, causing you to become dehydrated. Congeners, so these are chemicals that are byproducts of fermentation and they're thought to contribute to a hangover. Interestingly, darker drinks generally have more congeners than lighter ones. Acetaldehyde, now this is interesting, this is a toxic byproduct of alcohol that happens when you try and metabolize alcohol. So people's bodies will vary in how they effectively break down this chemical, but it is in fact more harmful than alcohol itself. Uh, So one of the other things as well that's going to affect whether or not your hangover is really bad is sleep impairment. So when you drink, no matter how much you drink, it affects how you sleep. If you've been drinking, you're gonna fall asleep a little bit easier, but you're also not gonna get as much REM sleep as you would require. So scientists believe that hangovers relate to alcohol interfering with the body's natural balance of chemicals. The most compelling theory is that hangovers are the result of a build-up of aceldehyde in the body. So as the body processes alcohol and that byproduct of aceldehyde is you know produced it's estimated to be about 10 between 10 and 30 times more toxic than alcohol itself. So when we are trying to process aceldehyde we get symptoms such as sweating, skin flushing, nausea and vomiting There may also be a link as to how alcohol messes with your immune system. Studies show a correlation between high levels of cytokines, which are molecules that the immune system uses for signaling and hangover symptoms. So normally the the body would use cytokines to trigger a fever to fight infection. But excessive excessive alcohol consumption also triggers Cytokines um, and the release of those cy- psycho- cytokines <laughs> leading to symptoms like muscle aches, fatigue, headaches, and nausea. So it's a little bit like drinking the alcohol and then our body's trying to process it is producing that more dangerous um, toxic byproduct, which is then worse for us than the alcohol itself. And the effects of that toxic byproduct when our body is trying to finalize processing the alcohol then kicks our immune system into gear and that is then causing the body to try and fight an infection that's not there because it's not actually an infection. It's just something that we've done to ourselves and we're trying to, the body's then trying to remove the toxin and it's just confusing it for an infection, which is kind of how we end up with hangovers. So I thought that was fascinating and you guys might want to know about that. Keeping all of this in mind, um, keeping in mind that. We have a unhealthy relationship with alcohol here in Australia. A lot of us drink more often and more than we should in a single occasion. We don't stick to the healthy recommended number of drinks or standard drinks within a single sitting. We drink more often than we should within the week. And even moderate drinking at a healthy rate is still going to increase our risk of certain kinds of cancers and just be worse for us overall when we consider how normalized it is in Australia to drink, you know, a few glasses of wine in the evening to associate alcohol with reward. I mean, how many memes do you see on the internet about mummy needing wine and things like that? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with using alcohol as a kind of self-medication. I think a lot of us do it. Um, But I'm just questioning whether there's a better way for us to cope with things. For me, it's definitely something that I'm thinking about more My own personal relationship with alcohol has not been a particularly troubled one. When I was in my early 20s, I would go out and binge drink and then not drink much um, any other time. And then in my mid to late 20s and now in my early 30s, I don't really binge drink, but I do have usually, or I was having, like two glasses of wine most evenings, not every evening, but most evenings, but usually not more than two sometimes three. So that's kind of, even though that's low risk drinking, it's still problematic to me that I was drinking so regularly. And the reason why I started thinking about it was because I did dry July this year for the very first time. So dry July was a really interesting experience. I signed up for it and fundraised and raised that much money because, you know, it's been a pretty hard year for everyone. So I don't really begrudge anybody that, but yeah, I did dry July for the very first time and um I wouldn't say I've ever been addicted to alcohol or I've ever had any serious issues with that, but it did make me go, Wow, well, I do drink quite often and there was probably about an occasion two weeks into dry July where I had a bad day at work and when I finished work all I wanted was to come home and have a glass of wine. And, you know, that's that's not really healthy. It's not good that that was my immediate response for how I was going to cope with that was to open a bottle of wine. That's not something that I should be doing because we shouldn't be drinking to cope with emotional stress or with life stress. Like I guess I was using that reward mechanism that we're so trained to use with alcohol where I'd had a bad day, I deserve a glass of wine. So it did make me realize there are two times in that month where I had a bad day or a difficult day and I felt like having a wine Um, And it did make me go, well, there's a bit of a problem there because I am using alcohol to cope with my emotions. So even if I'm not someone who drinks a lot or drinks all of the time, I'm still drinking to cope as opposed to drinking for, you know, I guess a more valid reason like celebration or something like that. Drinking to deal with emotions is definitely not a healthy reason to be drinking, so that was a really eye-opening experience and then after dry july finished i did go back to having a couple of drinks here and there i got my partner on board to do um like two three weeks dry so he did another three weeks with me after i finished dry july and then you know when that was up he had a couple of drinks i think my partner enjoys a drink a little bit more than i do but um I'm thinking more and more like what it sort of got me around to realizing was maybe I am someone who wants to reduce how much I drink. And for that matter, maybe I don't want to drink at all. I mean, what is the point of drinking? Why do we really do it? And if it is to cope with things and to try and deal with life, then is that a healthy way to cope and to deal? I really don't know. It has made me examine it a lot more. And I've been talking with friends who are sober recently um sober for lots of different reasons you know friends who are sober because they just don't want to be drinkers they're very very health conscious and friends who are sober because they have struggled with mental health issues and they don't want to drink because it exacerbates that so it's been really interesting and i would really like to experience a long-term period of sobriety to see how i cope But I wouldn't say that I'd be someone who never drinks again. And I also wouldn't say that I'd be someone who has had such intense struggles with alcohol that I need to be in a 12-step program and be 100% sober. So what does that make me, I wonder? And when I started researching this, I came up with the term sober curious. I don't know if you guys have heard of that before. So sober curious is a whole movement. And this term was popularized by Ruby Warrington with her 2018 book, Sober Curious, The Blissful Sleep greater focus, limitless presence, and deep connection awaiting us all on the other side of alcohol. So she wrote this book, and it sort of talks to people who, you know, the sober curious are people who mean to choose to question or to get curious about every impulse, invitation, and expectation to drink versus mindlessly going along with the dominant drinking culture. Now, that really appealed to me because something I did think about a lot when I did dry July was why is it so normalized that we have a drink for everything we drink, you know, if we go out for a meal, we drink after work, we drink with friends, we drink for so many different occasions. And why is that so normalized? Why, why can't we just be, you know, having non-alcoholic drinks? So I thought that was really interesting and I'm definitely leaning towards a sober curious lifestyle these days And I wonder if more people should be, because to be sober curious doesn't mean that you'll never drink again. To be sober curious just means that you are questioning the impulse or the invitation to drink. You're questioning that, you know, that standard kind of culture that we have around drinking and going, well, do I want to? Do I feel like drinking? Am I going to drink? I mean, you can't kind of argue with the reality that it is healthier to not drink at all than it is to drink that's just a fact I mean it's much better for your body if you don't drink it's you're at less risk of all those kinds of cancers and it's just better for your body alcohol is a type of poison that you're putting into it so it's a bit of a strange thing that we've ever sort of gotten into a habit of doing it at all but at the same time it's a very natural thing there are animals who look for fermented fruit in, in the wild and in nature and they get drunk off of fermented fruit because the fruit has fermented and so it, it has this alcoholic-like effect. So it's something that's very natural. It occurs a lot in nature and imbibing in different substances, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right thing for us. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's healthiest for us to do this. So I am eight days sober again, <laughs> and I think I might try and stay sober or at least mostly sober through all of the festive season. I think I won't be drinking at random points. I'll only be drinking for a special occasions. I might have a drink on Christmas, but, um, yeah, I think I'm becoming one of the sober curious people. And I think there are a lot of people out there who are sober curious, mostly it's women and it's women in their thirties who are sort of coming to connect that maybe this is the next step in their wellness journey as well. And maybe this is where they would feel best. And I say wellness because wellness is one of those terms that gets thrown around that I actually think wellness culture can be quite toxic and quite unhealthy for us. And it can promote a lot of, um, well, just falsehoods and, uh, you know, fake news, basically. But yeah, in this sense, I mean it more so in that your overall, not just your body, but your spirit in your mental health could be better not drinking. And maybe that is a path that suits you better. I'm not saying everyone should go and be sober curious, but I think it's an interesting topic to cover. And I thought that you guys might like to know a little bit about it this week, because I've been getting really into it. So when it comes around to your Christmas celebrations, maybe you should question whether a drink is the right choice for you that day, whether you feel like it. And maybe you should stop and ask yourself between drinks, check in, see how you're feeling emotionally, see where your head is at and ask yourself if another drink is the right choice. I think I will be staying sober curious for quite a while. I might even be staying sober for a while. So check in, follow the Instagram. I'll let you guys know how I'm traveling with that. And if you have any questions about sobriety or if you are struggling with any issues with substance abuse or alcohol abuse, I have dropped some links in the show notes for you guys as well. I hope that this week's episode was interesting and helpful and we will catch you in a week.